Okay, so welcome back to the program here. It is a snowy Friday here in Chicago. Um, I'm here with Raven Gasser. I am Tassos Kirkos. This is the Good Morning Hockey Show on the Aletheo Network. Um, yeah, it's it's very snowy out. It's very... We got a blizzard coming, I guess. Is that is that the word out there, Raven? It's, I think, more of like cold weather than snow is the idea. There's going to be a little bit of snow, but I know it's going to get down to... Below zero for most of the next three days or four days, so it's not going to be nice. Today it's a little bit warmer, so snow's melting pretty quickly off the trees, so it's pretty wet out there, which kind of sucks. Warmer being relative, of course. Warmer being relative, yes. Um, The idea of a blizzard, too, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. Uh, The idea of a blizzard has kind of changed a little bit. You know, a blizzard used to imply that there was a foot or two of snow coming in, right? And yeah. Now, now we're kind of looking at things a little differently. All right, weather aside, um, we are here in Chicago. It is a lovely day for hockey, as always. We had uh, 13 games around the NHL last night, only two tonight, and we'll set you guys up for a good weekend of hockey this weekend. Um, so I, I would personally like to begin with the St. Louis Blues and the New York Rangers. St. Louis defeats the Rangers 5-2. to two. Um, Jordan Cairo with a hat trick, uh, which is very nice to see from him. Uh, Robert Thomas had a beautiful cross ice pass to Cairo on the first hit after Cairo took a big hit. Um, and then he goes the other way and rips a shot. Uh, Thomas also with the no look pass to Buchnevich on the nice, uh, passing play for Cairo's second goal. And Cairo had a slick move on a breakaway, just shooting it from the hash marks and getting it under the glove of Igor Shosturkin, who didn't have his best of nights by his standards. Um, And tell me if you've ever seen someone smash their stick over the glass the way Pavel Buchnevich did after scoring the empty netter. I don't know if that was out of um, elatement, if that was out of wanting to bury one that bad against his former club, or if maybe he was just using a broken stick and thought that that would be a nice celebration after burying the empty netter to seal the win for the Blues. Um, Jordan Biddington looked pretty good himself in net, uh, and the Blues are still in position there to get themselves back into the the wild card race. It it is very tight. Um, We'll talk about some of the other teams that are in that race too. Um, But Seattle just, or St. Louis, I'm sorry, keeps finding ways to get points here and there. Um, They look good under Drew Bannister. They had a bit of a stretch where they weren't playing up to the the standard that he wanted them to be. But uh, it's very nice to see Jordan Cairo cooking along like that last night. And Robert Thomas looks really good with each passing game. That is a future captain for the St. Louis Blues, in my opinion. Um, Seattle defeats Washington four to one. Uh, that is eight in a row for the Seattle Kraken. Um, and this game appeared like it was going to be the game of firing quick releases from some distance. You had Ty Cartier getting the first goal of the game and Alex Wenberg getting the second goal of the game. And both were just quick, hard releases from about the top of the circle for each of them, for both of them. They looked pretty similar and, you thought that that would be where things were going here, where a lot of goals were going in from distance, but uh, Patch- Max Pacioretty crashes the net for his first goal as a capital. That Talk about that beautiful 
tip, chip, pass, whatever you want to call it, with the heel of his stick by Dylan Strom as Alex Ovechkin was sending the, the pass cross ice. Strom gets about the, the tiniest amount of his stick on it just to put it right on Pacioretty's right in his wheelhouse, and he finishes it. And we all know how uh, tough of a past couple of seasons it's been with the, the two Achilles tears simultaneously. And um, it's nice to see him get his first goal. Former capital Justin Schultz got the third. Uh, he followed up on his old, own rebound crash in the net. And uh, Adam Larson, how about that deke, that, uh, the high sauce on the give and go from Brandon Tanev, and just sending Adam Larson in all alone and making a nice move. And that is eight in a row for the Seattle Crack, and we're talking about teams in the West that are up around that wild card race just above St. Louis. So it's the Seattle Kraken, and they're on the tails of teams like Nashville and Edmonton. So good for Seattle getting a 4-1 win. Good for Max Pacioretty getting a goal for the Capitals. Um, I think this is just a blip on the radar for the Capitals. This team has been a team where a lot of people did not give them very much respect going into the season. Not a lot of uh, credence or thought. And Spencer Carberry has this team playing very hard, playing for each other, playing smart, detailed hockey where the special teams are um, of importance, you know, and the power play struggled a little bit and the power play doesn't look the same of a traditional Washington Capitals power play with Alex Ovechkin ripping his shots from the left circle. But if Carberry can tweak the power play in order for it to be I don't want to say more effective because it has been effective. Players are getting goals that aren't named Alexander Ovechkin on the power play. But once Carberry is a smart man when it comes to the power play, he was running it in Toronto for the Leafs, and he will find a way to get Alexander Ovechkin more goals, and Alexander Ovechkin will find a way to get Alexander Ovechkin more goals. So while that is kind of always the the topic of conversation when it comes to Washington, the, the team itself is playing really well. Tom Wilson is having a great season. He's going to the All-Star game in his hometown. And um, Dylan Strom has been very good. Darcy Kemper has been good for stretches. Charlie Lindgren has been great for stretches. And uh, John Carlson continues to be John Carlson. You realize how much his absence was impacted on the team. Uh, it was felt on the, on the team last year as he missed most of the regular season last year and Washington missed the playoffs. So Seattle, though, eight in a row. They are, they've gotten themselves right back into this hockey season when it looked like it was going to be a lost season in Seattle. Um, Joey Decord is playing really well in the net, which is you, – you've got to enjoy that. If you're a Kraken fan, if you're a member of the Kraken organization, goaltending has been a position that if the – if the goaltending position in Seattle had been very solid the last two seasons before this one, they arguably might have gone farther. Yes, Philip Grubauer was very good in the playoffs last year, getting Seattle to Game 7 in the second round versus Dallas. However, if they had had goaltending like this the last two seasons, who knows where the Kraken might be. So um, nice to see Joey Decord getting in there. He's also just a very interesting story. First first uh, NH, first player to make play a game in the league from Arizona State University and just a late bloomer. Um, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there as long as you get there and find a way to stick. So good on Joey Decord. Um, speaking of winning streaks, the Edmonton Oilers defeat the Detroit Red Wings 3-2 to in overtime. 
Edmonton's ninth win in a row. The the nine wins times ties a team record, and um, Edmonton dominated this game. It was it was scoreless going into the third period, but that was more indicative of the job that Alex Lyon had done in the net. He was absolutely outstanding for the Detroit Red Wings, and um, it looked like for a second there they were about to steal this one away from the Oilers. Andrew Kopp gets his first goal in 27 games, which is a big monkey off of his back, and I'm sure the video review of the goal had for goaltender interference had him a little nervous sitting on the bench. But Cop um, gets the goal. McDavid ties it with an absolute beauty soon after. And then former Michigan Wolverine Zach Hyman scores his 26, gives the Oilers a 2-1 lead. He's on pace for over 50 goals right now. And it looks like Edmonton's going to cruise to a win. It's a game they've dominated. And then... Quite late in the game, a very wild bounce off of uh, a backside of an Edmonton player off the stick of Lucas Raymond ends up right on the goal line and only Matta just has to be there and be Johnny on the spot and poke it over the line. So the game goes to overtime and Darnell Nurse ends up winning it in overtime. Alexander Lyon or Alex Lyon drops a stick and uh, doesn't really give himself much of a chance after playing such an excellent game. Um, it was a it was a tough way to end it for the Red Wings, but the fact that they managed to salvage a point. Um, I think you just got to go with this guy for, for a while here with Alex Lyon, which I think they've been doing. And um, it's nice to see him get a good run of games, more of an opportunity than he's had really in the National Hockey League, except for that end-of-season run with the Panthers yesterday where they absolutely needed him. So um, good on him. And uh, the Oilers have won nine in a row. Like I said, fran- ties a franchise record. So we'll, we'll see how they can... Um, We'll see if they can set a franchise record this weekend. Uh, Florida, speaking, like I said, we're going to stick on the page of long winning streaks. And the Florida Panthers win again, 3-2 in overtime over the Los Angeles Kings. And with this game, first of all, it felt like the Panthers losing streak would also be coming to an end tonight. And it just wasn't meant to be. They've won nine in a row. And Trevor Moore gets his first goal. Front of the net, cleans up some rebounds uh, for a, for his 18th, which uh, sets a new career high for him already in goals. He's on pace for around 39, and he's just been excellent. Uh, a, a California kid playing for the Los Angeles Kings was the dream of the NHL when teams were put there and put all over California, really. And to see that happening, right, we, we have lots of players in the NHL from California, Cam York, Thatcher Demko, the list goes on. But um to see one playing in in the in the in the town, kind of like uh Chase DeLeo a little bit for the Ducks. He played games here and there, but it is very cool. It is very cool to see. He he's been incredible for the Kings. So the Kings have been on a bit of a, a schneid lately, I guess you could say. And it looked like they were going to break through, especially when Drew Doughty got his uh, power play marker with about 20 seconds left in the second period. But the uh, the Panthers tie it late. Matthew Kachuk, Kachuk tips a Carter Verhage shot with the goalie pulled. And Kachuk now has goals in five straight games. And Sam Reinhart wins it in overtime with one under a second left in the game on a beautiful backhander. He enters the, enters the zone, leaves it for Sasha Barkov. Goes to the right of the net along the goal line, gets the pass from Barkov, takes it straight to the net, and then just lifts a backhander over the shoulder, far side, 
of Cam Talbot. And that is the ninth win in a row for the Florida Panthers. Um, I, I I think that, and I, I believe that Sam Reinhart is one of the stories of the NHL season so far. He is the second player to hit 30 goals after Austin Matthews. Thank you very much. That is Sam Reinhart's third straight 30-goal season. And he's an under, unrestricted free agent this season, everybody. So um, will that number on a contract start with eight? Will it start with nine? Might it even start with ten? We shall see if that happens, if it is in Florida, if it is elsewhere. I know if Sam Reinhart got to market that a lot of teams would want to make room for a player like Sam Reinhart. And he's picked quite a good time to have such a monster career year performance for himself. So uh, the Panthers keep on rolling. They they are doing great things in Florida. I, I think it's been overstated and talked about a lot lately, which is good if you're a team like the Florida Panthers because it's probably been the most that the Florida Panthers have been in the national conversation when it comes to hockey, both in the U.S. and in Canada. Um, nobody wants to play the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs. I can tell you that much for free. I think that that would be, for any team, the most difficult first-round matchup that you could get is playing the Florida Panthers in what could be a seven-game series. So, um, we have two games on tap for tonight. Nashville visits Dallas. This is the third of four meetings between the two. They split the first two games, and the last one will be in Dallas on Valentine's Day. Tyler Sagan has five goals in his last four games, and Mason Marchment has seven assists in his last five. He is on pace to shatter his career high in points. He's already at his second best mark with 32 points in 40 games played. And on the Nashville side of things, they're still hanging around, right? We, we've talked about that group of teams, the the Seattles and the um, the Oilers and the, the Blues, all, all those kinds of teams. And so Nashville's still hanging around there. And you have the usual suspects leading the charge, Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, um, really leading the way for this club. But how about Gus Nyquist? He has 10 goals and he has 23 assists for er, 33 points in 41 games played on pace for 60, what is that, 66, Raven, 33 times 2, yeah. And um, he's just been very impressive. And I don't feel like he's been talked about really at all. And the fact that he is putting up points like this on a team that traditionally doesn't score a lot is relying on a older center that they acquired, Ryan O'Reilly, last offseason in free agency, and he's been very good in Nashville, but they, they've been leaning on him for offense because some of the younger guys like Tommy Novak and uh, Luke Evangelista and some of these other players, Phil Tomasino has been getting opportunity here and there, but they, they haven't taken charge of the, the offensive production for the team like you would have hoped if you were Nashville by now. So the, the fact that Andrew Burnett has put him in, uh, him being Gus Nyquist, put him in positions to as successful as he has and the fact that he's contributing to wins for this Nashville club is a boon for this organization whether they choose to hold on to him or not he has been very good the other game on tonight uh the Philadelphia Flyers uh visit the Minnesota Wild we shall see if Marc-Andre Fleury will get the start tonight the, the Wild are really making him work for win number 552 um, he did not start on Wednesday. That was Jesper Wallstead's first NHL game in the loss to Dallas. However, um, 
we'll see if Mark Andre Fleury can officially pass Patrick Waugh for a second on the all-time wins list. And on the Flyer side of things, we we talked um, extensively about the Cutter Gauthier Jamie Drysdale trade. Jamie Drysdale gets his first game in with the Flyers. He gets an assist on a Morgan Frost goal. He gets some great looks for himself in overtime. He almost had one himself, and the Flyers get the win. And I'm I think. They're very, very happy from the sounds of John Tortorella, from the sounds of the organization. Everybody seems very happy that Jamie Drysdale is in orange. Even Jamie Drysdale himself, from the looks of it. So he seems very happy. The organization seems very happy to have him. The only problem, if you're Philadelphia, they have eight defensemen on the roster now, and you're not going to play eight defensemen at a time, everybody. So... Um, whether it's someone like Sean Walker, who ends up being one of the guys that are out, he, he's not on the outside looking in as far as the lineup goes, but when it comes to moving a piece to make the numbers work a little bit better, he might be the one, even if he decides to do something like return in free agency to Philadelphia after the fact, because I think the, the feeling is they like him a lot and he likes it there a lot, but when you are an organization and in a spot like the Flyers are in right now, you've got to get assets for some of these pieces. So Jamie Drysdale has been impressive. We'll see if he gets a, a goal tonight or or how he looks this evening. And um, the Flyers will look to stick in the race. They, everybody keeps pre- predicting a precipitous drop-off for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. And they are currently even with the with the New York Islanders, as far as points, um, you have teams like the New Jersey Devils and the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, nipping at the heels, and even Washington, right? The, the Metropolitan's really close, right? Uh, you don't—everybody's talking about how tight the West is right now, but the East is just as tight. You have a bit more separation with the teams at the top, the Bostons and the Floridas and the New York Rangers and such, but— Going further down, every point is important. Every game is important. No team spot is safe, whether you're the Leafs, the Lightning, the Red Wings. None of these spots are guaranteed. So it is imperative to work hard. It is imperative to show up and keep getting wins for your organization. Um, Philly will obviously either go in one way or another. And um, we'll see what they do. I think they look good. Um, a few more thoughts on last night. So the Sabres beat Ottawa 5-3 to three in the game of the two teams that both could have used the win in that one. How about Tage Thompson just ripping two goals? I don't think there are many players in the NHL that shoot the puck with as much force and violence as Tage Thompson. I think top of that list is Austin Matthews. I think quietly one of the, one of the people on that list is Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. Um, you have a few others. Stamkos kind of shoots it with a bit of heat and violence, you know. But if we're talking about guys that just really, really rip the pill, um, Tage Thompson's up there. His first goal just takes it from end to end and makes a move at the makes a move at center ice. A little a little toe drag release on the um, once he crosses the blue line and it's one nothing. And then the the second one's on the power play. A little nice pass from Rasmus Dahlin. The Senators give him time and space, which the Senators or any team really should never do with Tage Thompson. And, um, yeah, that that ended up really being the game. Uh, Claude Giroux was very good in this one, but the Senators, they need to figure it out. They'll play San Jose this weekend, and that is another game that both teams wish they could walk away with that one with two points. So, 
Carolina takes it to the Ducks, 6-3. The story of the Carolina Hurricanes, if you've been following the Carolina Hurricanes, has been Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov. The connection that they've had, the pile of points that they've put up, even in the last handful of games, they keep finding that connection. But the connection between them is unbelievable. But the depth was the the thing that really showed up in this game, if you were the Hurricanes, which might have been a nice surprise. Uh, Stefan Nason and Jordan Martinuk each with two points. Jack Drury scores a goal. Um, Seth, Jar- Seth Jarvis with two assists, even though I think Seth Jarvis is at the point that you wouldn't necessarily call him depth. He is approaching star status in Carolina. So, um, But just scoring all around the lineup, which is very important as the season goes on. And um, this was one of those games, too. You don't get to see this a lot, but all four goalies played. So... Uh, John Gibson gets hurt. Peter Kachekov gets hurt. Antti Ranta steps in. Lucas Dostal steps in. And no goalie that started the game finished the game. So Carolina takes down the Ducks 6-3. to three. They will uh, look to keep their winning ways going as they sit second in the Metro right now in between the Islanders and the Rangers. Um, and we'll see where that one goes. We'll see if any of those goaltending injuries are... Of substance or not, or if the Hurricanes will have Peter Kachekov back in the net. The San Jose Sharks and a 12-game losing skid. They beat the Habs 3-2 at the Bell Center, and that was the NHL's longest losing streak since Buffalo had 14 losses in the 14-15 season. Um, Nikita Hotiuk with the winner, and the Sharks had to get one eventually. You knew that it wasn't going to last forever. Um, Montreal had been... Not great. The game on um, on Wednesday in Philadelphia, Jamie Drysdale's debut was not the best effort by Montreal. They really got bailed out by Caden Primo in that one. So they played better in this one, definitely. But the the fact that you can't put another one in the board, they just felt stuffed the entire time. Uh, Brendan Gallagher and Josh Anderson, each with their seventh goals of the season, but it uh, it would not last. And uh, Mackenzie Blackwood was very good in this one, too. So um, Vancouver beats Pittsburgh 4-3 in overtime. And I don't know what the story is for this one. It could be Brock Besser with another two goals, JT Miller with another three assists, Elias Pettersson, two goals, two assists, the overtime winner. His fourth straight game with a game-winning goal, I think that might be the story here. Or is it Sidney Crosby, who got two goals of his own and seems to be absolutely dragging the Pittsburgh Penguins into as close to the playoff race, as close to a playoff spot as one man can simply do on a team of 22. Um, And this game was very good. I don't know... You know, you look at some of these games over the season, and there was one last night that you uh, you could say, is this a potential Stanley Cup final matchup? And this series would be very good if it was a Stanley Cup final matchup, if it was a playoff matchup, but I don't know if the Penguins will be able to get that far. But if they are, we will be treated to some excellent hockey. Quinn Hughes leading defenseman in points still with 51. Only three up still on Kale McCarr, though. And JT Miller is tied for third in the NHL with 50, 58 points. Pedersen has 57. And it's really impressive just how much they're able to keep putting the puck in the net. They have run through their um, their road trip so far. And 
it'll be good. They they'll they'll play Buffalo on Saturday afternoon in Buffalo, and and we'll see if they can keep this thing rolling. Raven, how's it going over there? It's going good. Yeah, man. You you go with me running through these games? Yeah, of course. Anything you want to chime in with? Uh, not the moment. No. All right. Well, well, let me know if you do. Let me know if you do. I, I'm always itching for a, a penny for your thoughts. You know. Um, Winnipeg, the Jets beat Chicago two to one. We're we got a lot of teams in the NHL on these absolute heaters right now. And I know I just said I have nothing to say, but I do know the Jets are doing like great out of nowhere. Well, you see, it's not out of nowhere. I mean, if you're looking big picture, so the Jets currently sit first in the National Hockey League, and I don't know that a lot of people had them there when the season began. I don't even know that a lot of people really had them making the playoffs. The story with the Winnipeg Jets going into this season was more, what is the return going to be for Connor Hellebuck, and what is the return going to be for Mark Shifley? And then before you know it, they both think seven-year extensions with the team, matching contracts, and this team has just continued to win. They they lose Blake Wheeler. They buy out Blake Wheeler. They trade Pierre-Luc Dubois to the Kings, and that trade has looked really good. I think we talked about that on Wednesday too. But the just the identity of the Jets, Rick Bonus could really win Coach of the Year. Um, and... It, it, or they just play really hard hockey. Everybody is just focused on the task at hand. They are more worried about the system and playing the right way than the result, which is very good because as long as your process is good, as time goes on, eventually you will get the wins, right? So it is paramount for them and for bonus to instill in them that he wants them to play his way, and they have been. And it's showing up on these uh in these games where they are essentially rolling over teams i mean i know it was only 2-1 over the blackhawks yesterday a connor bedard list blackhawks i might add the official timeline on bedard being six to eight weeks after successful jaw surgery was had on wednesday right after we got off the program and uh but winnipeg man i don't i don't know it is out of nowhere you are you are right that it is out of nowhere raven but it's it should have been anticipated more i think this team was a bit disrespected as well going into the year and just nobody was really giving them the credit that they deserved it wasn't more of a vancouver situation where the team really hadn't been good because vancouver sits second in the nhl right now just one point behind the jets even though they've played one more game and nobody had those two teams near the top of the league let alone as the top two teams in the league but with Winnipeg, they had been good over the last few years. They went to a conference final in 2019 and you, or 2018, apologies. And um, you begin to wonder why things aren't going well. Because I think when Winnipeg made that run in 2018 and then followed it up with another good series against Nashville the following year. You know, I think a lot of people thought it would be just the beginning for this organization and that their window was just opening. And then before you knew it, it seemed it had slammed shut in their face before they had really gotten a chance to compete for another Stanley Cup or compete for a Stanley Cup, truly. And now this window has reemerged and opened itself up. Cole Perfetti has also been really good too. Just need to throw that out there. That kid does not celebrate goals at all. At all. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, you know, like if he scores a goal to 
send the Jets to the Stanley Cup final or even win it. Maybe maybe then we'll see Cole Perfetti crack a smile after he scores. But um, the, the Jets have just been really good. I think this is going to continue for them, too. This should have been much more expected from them. Like I said, different from Vancouver, where Vancouver needed that evolution from its players. It needed Elias Pettersson to become this player. It needed Quinn Hughes to assert himself as a dominant top two defenseman in the National Hockey League with Kale McCarr and Adam Fox. You can rotate those three however you like. And um, I think that's just been very important for for Winnipeg as they get going and Vancouver as well. Um, elsewhere in Western Canada, the the Calgary Flames defeat the Arizona Coyotes 6-2 at the Mullet Arena. And Igor Sharangovich has his first hat trick as a member of the Flames. Michael Backlund, the Flames captain, passes Mark Giordano for second on the Flames' all-time games played list. And the dads were loving it, you can tell. It's always fun watching those videos with the with the dads in there. They were reading the starting lineup. They were down in the tunnel with the guys after the win. And um, you can just see that in, uh, in what has been a very tough season for Calgary, that win could be won. Uh, season defining and season turning around point right there like that could that could be the moment right there if you're if you're a Calgary Flames fan that that could be it right there um and you could just tell like they the the team needed the vibes to be high they needed um more of a good feeling about what they were doing and how they were doing it and there's been a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of chatter around Calgary Who's going? Who's staying? It seems to change every so often. It seemed like Noah Hannafin was gone for a while. Then they were, it seemed they were close on a contract. Then apparently talks broke off. And now it appears as if they're talking again. So um, we'll, we'll monitor the, the situation in Calgary. Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf will be representing the Calgary Wranglers of the American Hockey League at the American Hockey League All-Star Classic. I know a lot of Flames fans have been saying they should be Calgary Flames, but they are not yet. They are Calgary Wranglers for the time being, so they will be representing that organization at the American Hockey League All-Star Game. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll see where things go with Calgary. Um, on the other side of the southern United States, you had... Tampa Bay winning in overtime over the New Jersey Devils, a Jack Hughes-less New Jersey Devils. And that was a big win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Darren Radish scores the overtime winner. Nice pass from Nikita Kucherov, who really is the straw that stirs the drink in Tampa Bay. As we all know, uh, he has a two-point lead on Nathan McKinnon, 69 points for the NHL scoring lead. And the Lightning almost blew this one. They they gave up. A, they had a 3-1 lead. They gave up a 3-1 lead when Jesper Bratt scored in the third to tie it. And Darren Radish really saved their bacon. I don't know how many people had Darren Radish overtime winner penned down for um, even the whole season, let alone just last night. But uh, good for him, good for the Radish family. And um, it's nice to see Darren Radish actually getting an opportunity. It took him a long time to get a chance in the NHL. So... um, it's nice to see him producing too. We know Tampa Bay's back end is in a bit of a flux right now. They are, and their forward group too. We've seen uh, quite a bit of call ups and first NHL games and all of these different things. Raven, can you actually check something for me? 
Uh, can you see if a kid named Gage Gonzalez played for the Tampa Bay Lightning last night? Just see if his first name is Gage. Um, and we'll go back to that. If if he did play last night, I I didn't. I won't. I have to admit, I didn't watch too much of this game, but I didn't notice him if he was out there. And if he was out there, he would be the first Portuguese passport holder. It is believed to play in the National Hockey League. So. But they've uh, they've tried a few different players around, and they've they've been giving opportunities to some of their players down in Syracuse, and trying to see what works, trying to see what doesn't in the bottom half of their lineup. So, um, John Cooper really doing everything he can to try and find the right combination for this team. My guess is is Andre Vasilevsky will turn it on to the point that there is no denying Tampa Bay from a playoff spot when all is said and done, and eighty two games are played by everybody. So, uh, the late game, Alex Petrangelo scores in overtime. Vegas beats Boston 2-1. to one, And that is three overtime and shootout losses in a row for the Bruins, who just can't seem to find that extra point when they need it. Um, but Vegas really needed that one. Speaking of teams that needed wins, uh, Vegas is still 3-7 and seven in their last 10, even after winning that game. But that was a step in the right direction. You can definitely feel that. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, we're talking about games that could be potential Stanley Cup final matchups. This is the one that I was talking about. Vegas and Boston. That would be a fun, fun series. Jack, Eich- Jack Eichel also gets the goal. Boston native. Matt Grizzlick gets a goal too. Boston native. Um, so Logan Thompson was solid in this one. 32 stops on 33. So um, their next game is February 28th. So we'll keep an eye on that one. The NHL also, I meant to I meant to bring this up earlier. We've been talking a lot about overtime and overtime winners. Six games went to overtime last night, and that was tied for the most ever. So that is why we have a lot of overtime here, and that that is that. But uh, what, what do we got, Raven? Did Gage play an NHL game last night? It seems like he was on the bench, but it doesn't seem like he played in game. It seems like he was like suited up for the ice and everything, but didn't look like he got in. It did not look like he got in the game. Okay. But um, it is saying that yesterday he was to make their his NHL debut. So I think he was there and like on the bench. He might have played a few minutes. Maybe. He might have played a few yeah. minutes. Um, so um, elsewhere around the league, some rough injury news. Uh, Trevor Zegers will miss six, miss six to eight weeks with a broken ankle. That's a rough one. We know Trevor Zegers has not had a great season in Anaheim. His... Best buddy in town, Jamie Drysdale, was just traded, and now he's injured, and it's not been an easy season for Trevor Zegris. Uh, I wish him all the best, and we hope he gets better soon and returns to the lineup. The player we all know he is, which is a very, very good one, and not what he's shown so far this season. And uh, right on the same team, too, very, very solid rookie Pavel Minchikov will miss six weeks with a separated shoulder. He's been so impressive for the Ducks. I mean... You know, we're talking about this Jamie Drysdale trade. The only reason that Jamie Drysdale was deemed expendable by the Anaheim Ducks is because of players like Pavel Minchikov and Olin Zellweger, Olin Zellweger and Tristan Leneau and keep naming names, right? So the Anaheim Ducks felt they were very safe and set on the back end, and uh, Jamie Drysdale is an orange. But those two injuries will hurt the Ducks for a little while. I know that... There isn't a whole lot of belief either from the outside or probably on the inside that there is a lot happening with the Anaheim Ducks this season. But that doesn't mean you don't want to be competitive as 
all get out as often as you can be. And it is very important for Minchikov to be in the lineup. A player like that, especially, he's young, he's 19, and he needs to be playing hockey, right? So um, tough injuries, separated shoulder for Minchikov, broken ankle for Zegras. They'll miss about six weeks, maybe a little bit more. Zegras might miss a little bit more. So we'll monitor that. Um, All 32 teams will be in action on Saturday. That means we have 16 games on tap. Some of the highlights being Colorado visiting the Maple Leafs. We have um, the Rangers and Caps. That's the earliest game of the day. Vancouver will play Buffalo in Buffalo, like I mentioned earlier. That'll be a mid-afternoon game. The, the Los Angeles Kings and the Detroit Red Wings will face off on Saturday night, and that will be a good one and one that I will keep my eyes on. And then a rematch of the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. The Boston Bruins visit the St. Louis Blues. Do you have anything you're keeping an eye on for Saturday, Raven? Uh, no, I'm going to just try to watch a few of the games and see if anything interesting happens. Yeah, Dallas is also going to be in town that night to uh, face the Blackhawks. Maybe maybe I got to grab a late ticket for that one and go go check out the Dallas Stars, go see how uh, some of these guys are playing. And um, But, yeah, it should be an interesting one. The Islanders are also facing off against Nashville that night. And uh, the latest game, obviously, is uh, Calgary visiting the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So um, that should be a good one as well. We will uh, keep an eye out on all of those games. It's a very exciting game day whenever they do the the 16 games in one day and all 32 teams are playing. The last time they did it, ESPN did a um, red zone type event where NFL red zone where they bounced around all the games and the NHL did what appears to have been a better job and a more calculated job, I guess I will say, than tomorrow with um, staggering the games. Some some of these games are staggered, but groups and clumps of them really just start at the same time, where the last time earlier in the season that the NHL did 16 games, they were staggering them every 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it was. And um, so we'll see how this one goes. I think ESPN is doing the Frozen Frenzy thing again, not to uh, not give any shout-out to Ice Surfing, which was the first iteration of that done by Sportsnet. Um, that was years ago. And so, um, I, I think it's interesting. Do, what do what do you think about that Raven? Like the idea of doing a, um, like a red zone style thing where you're, you're bouncing around from game to game. I think it's cool. I mean, I wish they would do it for almost all sports that had a lot of games on at one time, like for baseball, for example, I think it would be pretty cool just to you know, see a few like batters that are key to the game and then move on to another game. Like same thing with hockey. Like there's going to be moments where games are exciting and games are slow and just the ability to keep people engaged by switching in between games that are exciting. It's just good for the sport overall. You see in baseball, I think this could really work, right? Um, Especially like you get Shohei, like you have the Dodgers game on one and they, they rotate over to, like, Mike Trout playing the Dodgers. Well, that, and there, there are, like, every team plays just about every day in baseball, right? So you have a lot yeah. of games every day. There isn't a day in the MLB where there's fewer than 10 games, right? So, um, or there's not a lot of days, I should say. But the the way you could do that in baseball is you just, like, as soon as 
couple guys are on base and someone's on deck and, you know, maybe you go into the pitch count a little bit, but maybe you get it right on as soon as like a man or two are on and then you switch the game and you're like, all right, these guys have a chance to score here. The thing about hockey is I enjoy I watched the last time they did the uh, Frozen Frenzy on ESPN and um, it was very well done. It was John Buchagross did a great job. P.K. Subban did a great job. But I will add that with hockey, it is a little difficult, right? Like NFL red zone is literally called red zone because they switch it over when these teams are in the red zone. And with baseball, like I mentioned, you could do it when these teams are about to score or in scoring position. You have runners in scoring position. But with hockey, they they were going to a lot of power plays, which was good. They were going to a lot of like last few minutes of some games. And I think that's kind of the way you got to do it with hockey. Basketball, I won't even lie to you, Raven. I don't know how you would even begin to approach something like that. Um, but uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell you how it was on Monday. But so thir- 32 teams, all 32 teams in action on Saturday. Sunday is a quiet night around the NHL. Only two games. Um, the Caps and Rangers will play the second half of a back-to-back home-and-home. Um, and the the wing, the Detroit Red Wings will head to Toronto to face the Leafs in the night game. That will be a good one as well. Um, speaking of the Leafs, they lost in overtime last night to the New York Islanders. And Austin Matthews scored two goals. And he tied Ron Ellis for the fourth all-time of the... Maple Leafs all-time scoring goals with 332. And this is the game after Mitch Marner passes Frank Mahovlich on the all-time points list to the Big M. So you are at the point now with this Maple Leafs club where these teams are, or these guys, some of these Matthews, Marner, Nylander types are moving up a very storied franchise's uh, all-time scoring list and goals list and... um, Matthews had his 70th multi-goal game yesterday, which is mind-boggling in and of itself. But the other part of that is only one player in Maple Leafs history has more, and that is Daryl Sittler with 71. So in very short order, Austin Matthews will be the Maple Leafs' all-time leader in multi-goal games. So um, what else, Raven? Any, anything in other sports you see? Anything like around that, that catches your interest? A little F1 update okay. um, that we will be talking about more. Um, Haas team principal Gunther Steiner has been uh, released and was replaced by their head of engineering. Um, I don't want to butcher his name, but I know it starts with an A. Uh, pretty big news. That guy's been there with since the team was created, essentially, and became Haas and... It's pretty interesting to see what it's going to lead to next year for that team. Um, Otherwise, NBA-wise, I think a lot of blowouts last night. Did you catch the the Raptors coach? His name is Darko. I don't want to butcher his last name. I think it's Rajkovic. Yeah. Um, Did you see his post game after the Raptors lose by a point in Los Angeles against LeBron James? I can see the picture of him, and he is not. Do you want me to play it real quick? Yeah, if you want to play the clip, that would be great. Um, That's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. 
I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league. He goes every single time to the rim with force, trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And wh what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. He's right. Yeah, that was... Um it's very interesting with the Raptors, right? And I am a Raptors guy. I'm a Raptors fan. Uh, Scotty Barnes is my favorite player in the NBA, too. Uh, I went to high school with him. And he is just very, very fun to watch when it comes to the game of basketball. He plays it very hard. He plays with a lot of passion and energy that is sometimes hard to find in the NBA. And um, it... It is tough, right? Because I'm also a Blue Jays fan, okay? And the thing with the, the Raptors and the Blue Jays is you're one of one, right? You're quite literally one of one. You're one of one. You're the only team in that league in Canada, and that makes it exponentially harder on you when you are in town playing the Lakers and LeBron James. You know what I mean, Raven? Like like those guys are oh, like the, the American media here are always going to give a team like the Lakers the benefit of the doubt, the refereeing even, right? Like I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that that the refereeing might have been poor on purpose, but you could definitely see that Darko had some points there with uh what he was talking about. And when you have these teams that are one of ones like the Raptors and the Blue Jays, they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt from anybody, especially on this side of the border. On their side of the border, yes, they will they, they do get lots of media attention. They get everything they need and um, everything they want. They get a lot of coverage. They get a lot of attention. The, the players are treated very well in Canada, and that is something that they realize soon after they get there, that they are treated very well, both by the organizations and by the fan base and the people of Toronto and Canada. But I, I just find it very interesting. And, and Darko, the Raptors coach, got fined $25,000 for those comments. And... Um, which is only just because he was speaking about the refereeing of the game. That is just how I heard that the part that really sealed the the deal on the the fine was the comment that they should just not show up next time if they don't want if they want to just give the Lakers a win that the Raptors should just not show up next time for the game. So that I found that was very interesting in the NBA. Um you you don't you see that sometimes in hockey, right? We we played John Tortorella's clip last time calling Cutter Gauthier a hole in the wall. And uh we know coaches can be animated, but um good for Darko too. English is in his first language, obviously, and for him to um assert himself that way and endear himself to the organization like that, stick up for his players, stick up for his team. Very impressive. So um uh, it, it appears so just touching around the NHL a little bit before we get off uh, Shane Pinto skating today for the first time since his suspension. He has not signed his contract yet signed a contract yet. It is widely anticipated that he will just accept his qualifying offer with the senators 
and then we'll get back into the lineup. Um, he obviously received a 41-game suspension for viol- violating the league's gambling rules. Um, he now has a locker again in the, in the locker room, too. Um, he's eligible to return January 21st in Philadelphia. So he will uh, sign that deal at some point before that time. And uh, it also looks like that Sean Monahan will be on the move at some point in the near future um, from the Montreal Canadiens, even though things have been very happy. I think I think you, you could say that the relationship between Sean Monahan and the Montreal Canadiens has been mutually very good, very good. Both sides have benefited. Uh, Monaghan was re-signed, and um, everybody thought that he was um, – going to leave last season and he didn't he resigned and I, there was apparently an agreement when he resigned this summer that they would look to move him as the trade deadline drew closer and I um I don't think that that plan has changed so we'll be on the lookout for a Sean Monahan deal at some point too um anything else I think that's it I would just say stay warm everyone this weekend and oh we'll stay see you warm it's gonna be it's gonna be very cold uh so yeah thank you again for for tuning in uh lots of hockey this weekend um check out our other podcasts we have the deep fave with Zach Elliott that there will be an episode of that later today um on the gravel obviously our our f1 show with Raven here and uh Oliver Oliver Ward is very good on the mic, and these two guys do a great job. And then uh, we will hopefully be back with Ponis' show at some point, too. He um, is going to Greece at some point. So uh, keep out, keep a lookout for all the hockey this evening. We'll be back Monday to recap it all. Have a great weekend, everybody. Goodbye, everyone.